Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Tim Ryder from the Apple. Yes, I still run the Apple. A little hiatus. Um, you know, we all need to recharge the batteries. I said it on Twitter today. Uh, you know, you, you can't wait around for the spark. You just got to light that thing up yourself sometimes. And I think that's what we're doing. But another uh, high point of today's show, Taryn is back. Taryn Sharma back from taking the bar exam. How was that? How was that, man? Uh, yeah, it was pretty challenging, um, but luckily I had my family and and uh, my fiance supporting me uh, over the last couple of months. And uh, obviously appreciate you being so understanding uh, while I took a step back and uh, I'm excited to get back into it. And we are uh, we're hitting this home stretch, this uh, this pennant push for the Mets. And it's just been great, exciting baseball. It's a, it's a great time to pick it back up. Oh, man. I mean, this team needed a spark. Um, who would have thought it would have come in Dan Vogelbach? Uh, <laughs> you know, seriously, I mean, since he's come on board, there's a noticeable um, fire among this team. I mean, you saw it on Sunday. Forget it. That was just an offensive explosion. But it was pretty much like that all weekend. And we were talking before I hit record. I didn't see much of the Mets Yankees series. I watched them uh, before work, <laughs> respectively, the next mornings. I was at Fish both nights at Jones Beach. And again, to my probably half dozen listeners who enjoy that. Yeah, you guys know exactly <laughs> what that was about. Great couple of shows. But yeah, um, very impressive week of baseball. Absolutely great stretch to be, I guess, stride to be hitting as you're about to go, you know, clean up versus the Nats, hopefully. And then you got arguably the biggest series of the season coming up later in the week. Yeah, it's uh, a great stretch of six games, especially coming off those. Um, they had lost three in a row, I guess, uh, counting the uh, the game in Chicago and then uh, the first two games of that San Diego series. So uh, I'm not sure. Is that the first time that they've lost three in a row all year? Uh, it feels uh, like it. I want to say possibly it was twice. Because I know I said it, maybe it was in June. I said, oh, the Mets finally lost three in a row. But, yeah, I mean, losing three in a row twice over the course of the year. Well, you know, let's let's give them a little wiggle room. Let's say they, they lose three in a row once or twice more. That's still really impressive. Yeah, it, it, so I, I'm just looking now. They, at the end of June, they did. They lost the last game of the Miami series, and then Houston. Houston is a is a is a real problem. They're a wagon. But um, did they end up winning, or they still play? We're still. They were in extras when we hit record. I have no idea. I'm not <laughs> sure. But um, but this uh, this series of six games, which uh, the Mets just wrapped up, and they're about to start another one, um, a, a big week. They've uh, they've got three comeback wins in that time. 
they they had the Sunday night baseball, the the big Pete Alonso home run, and uh, then coming back after the Yankees put up two quick runs in the first against Taiwan Walker. That first game, I think that was uh, Tuesday. And then, uh, again, Bassett struggled uh, right out of the gate, but then settled down, and they came back from that too. So this team is showing a lot of fight. They're, uh, they're keeping the line moving. Uh, a, lot, a, a thing that we saw really at the beginning of the year um, a lot, they're, they're doing that again. And then um, today was just a, a marvelous offensive display. Uh, I think they had, what, 19 hits, no home runs. So uh, really just a tremendous showing and, and uh, pretty solid pitching performance again today. Solid pitching performance has pretty much been this team's calling card. They didn't even need Max Scherzer or, you know, up until Tuesday making his season debut, Jacob DeGrom, to really accomplish that. I mean, what Carrasco, I mean, Taiwan Walker, his, I think he's back under a sub three ERA, two nine change, I believe. Um, I don't have that exact number in front of me, but, you know, between him, Carrasco, and Bassett, who, you know, Carrasco and Bassett have had their ups and downs, but, man, uh, over their last, I want to say over Bassett's last six starts heading into his his start this weekend against Miami, which was mediocre, but they still got the win. That's all that matters. Yeah. And, uh, and Carrasco, I mean, these guys are just um, on fire right now. And, and Walker's been there all year. I think he racked up, like, a, a grand total, twenty-seven percent called strike and whiff rate on Sunday against the um, against the Marlins. I mean, he threw six different pitches, and he was he had thirteen called strikes on his four seamer and fourteen whiffs on his four seamer. Wow! If that's not clear evidence of having batters on their heels, I, I don't know what is. They're getting caught off guard by fastballs. That's what Taiwan Walker's doing to hitters this season, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, and it's nice to see it after the All-Star break as well. Uh, last year, he was so phenomenal before the All-Star break and then struggled coming out of the gates. Uh, and then this year, it's been a different story. He's been really solid. They did eventually get to him, uh, I think, in the sixth inning today. Uh, LeBlanc hit a home run off of him, I believe. But, uh, you know, the, he, he's been so good and has provided the Mets more than they – might have ever imagined. And then we'd also be remiss not to mention uh, Cookie Carrasco became the eighth Venezuelan pitcher uh, to record 100 wins in Major League Baseball. And uh, he's a person who's uh, incredibly proud of his, uh, his heritage. So um, I'm, I'm sure that that's very meaningful to him and, and will be celebrated in the clubhouse uh, accordingly. Hey, man, you know, 25, 30 years ago, Venezuelans in the majors was was not unheard of, but it was rare. Um, the the strides that you know baseball has taken, and and you know Venezuelan ball players have taken to make their mark on baseball. It's uh, it's you know, you got to tip your cap, and that's not just a baseball cliche. It's really just you know look at the work that these people have done, and these are proud people. I know Venezuelans personally, and yeah, these are a proud proud people. It's a it's a soccer crazy country. Yeah, they've adopted our sport and are damn good at it. <laughs> and you, you just got to respect it. It's so cool, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, quick note on the three guys we were just talking about in July. Uh, Carrasco pitched to a 0.90 ERA Walker 2.93 wow. 
Bassett 3.20. And that's including that, uh, I guess, what, four earned runs on, on uh, Friday? And so seeing where Cookie was at, in, at the end of June, when he had gotten battered around by Houston, right? Uh, and really struggled throughout that month, I believe. And then having this phenomenal... 6.37 ERA in June for Carrasco. Yeah. And, and then so coming back, bouncing back, and having this phenomenal July at a time when the Mets have really needed it, all of those guys have really stepped up. And uh, I, I don't remember the exact statistic, but I, I think like over but like the last 20 games or so the Mets uh, starters have like a, a, an ERA around two, which uh, I, that's just amazing. And so now to that group, which has done that over the last month or so, you're going to add the greatest pitcher in the world, probably. And he and Scherzer are going to go one, two punch, just like we envisioned uh, in Washington to start this series, which is so exciting. Oh my goodness! I mean, it, it's it's what everyone's been waiting for all year uh, since Max Scherzer signed. Pretty much, Mets starters pitched to a two point three two ERA in July. Wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah, that's just that's awesome. I saw a wild stat about Max Scherzer earlier, but he he put up like one point five wins above replacement in July. Yeah, <laughs> one point five F four in a month. It's ridiculous. Wow. 12 and a half strikeouts in nine, 12.53, 1.11 walks per nine, and 0.56 home runs per nine. So you turned 38 this month, uh, this past week, uh, the night they started against the Yankees, and uh, is just seemingly getting better with age. So, um, and, and he's clearly a leader in that clubhouse, too. Uh, I, I love watching the post game. Uh, press conferences, these guys, they're just, they're so professional and it starts with Buck and it's all the way down, but there are so many leaders on the club. Uh, it's just, this is, this is awesome. So at the end of July, the Mets are 64 and 37. I've seen a lot of people tweet about how they're above 25 games above 500 for the first time since 2006. Yeah. This is the second best record at the end of July. Uh, in Mets team history. So we've talked a lot about... 86 would be the number one there, right? 86 would be, yeah. They were 66 and 32. This club being 64 and 37, they're about three and a half games behind that. So really (laughs) amazing. And uh, I think that's something that we've talked about all year is that, um, that there's so many cool things that we have yet to see the Mets do really, especially in my lifetime. And, uh, and so the opportunity to be able to see this, to go to the playoffs, this is all, this should all be valuable. Like if you look at these things as being uh, zero sum, like, Oh, they're either going to win the championship or everything else is a failure. I think that you've got a pretty like reasonable chance of being disappointed but if you look at it like, wow, I'd like to see my team play winning baseball for 162 games. Okay, check. They're doing that. I'd like to watch them play an attractive brand of baseball. But yeah, they play really fundamental baseball. They do a lot of things really well, and they're very smart. Uh, they're a very smart baseball team. So check. That's great. And, and so now we'll 
we're getting into the point of the season where we're going to see them challenge. They're going to play these five games against Atlanta at home. That's going to be huge, just like it was when the team went down there and took two out of three this past week. Um, but then again, there are going to be a lot of winnable games and then they'll have four more where they go to Atlanta and then they have Philadelphia after that for four. And then they, they have to go play in the Bronx. So this month is going to be uh, an awesome series of tests for this team, which uh, is getting healthy at the right time. And I'm really hopeful and I'm really excited about what we're going to see in August. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just what this team has been able to do over the last few weeks after things got a bit stale. I mean, look at I'm going to go back to July numbers, at least for the offense. I mean, Starling Marte, um, he's not going to win player of the month. Austin Riley will because he had one of the months I've seen in in years. But Starling Marte finished July hitting 377, 422, 597. Um, Francisco Lindor finished July 320, 393, 540. Mark Canna had a very, very, Kanye, I'm sorry, Mark Kanye <laughs> had a really nice month. 275, <laughs> 398, 391. Um, Marcy said it's Canna. She said if they, if they move to Portugal, then sure, but it's Canna. The, the ESPN guys were too excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They took that and ran with it. You know, yeah. I actually I don't mind um, Eduardo Perez. I, I no, really do. I enjoy his his insight. Um, I I don't know if you ever listened to him on um, Sirius XM. He's no, but he's really good. I, he's really good. Um, when baseball was not back yet at the beginning of the pandemic, I watched some of the games that he did for the KBO, and I, I thought that he was really solid. I, I like his analysis. And he knows a lot of these players, especially Latin American players, uh, through the various work that he's done and then obviously his experience playing. So uh, I I think he has pretty good insight Um, as far as the play-by-play. It'd be nice if they had like Jason Benetti or something like that. uh, that I think Benetti, I know he's with Peacock this year, but he just re-signed with another national outlet for next year. So he's, oh, okay. not, he's not going to be with, Pe- with Peacock anymore, but um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big, uh, big production. I can't remember now, but yeah, I mean, you know, you see so much um, good stuff going on. I mean, and with you know, with the trade deadline coming up on on Tuesday, it's uh, what are they forty eight hours out? Yeah, and and funny that they'll be in Washington. Uh, and I think that that's probably the biggest piece on the market, right? That that's being bandied about Soto. Um, and maybe after the break, we can talk a little bit about who we'd like to see the Mets get in an ideal situation and who, who we'd be willing to give up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, I think so. I think Epdog, we get Epdog up in the, uh, up in the booth up there with, uh, with Mike Rizzo, they caught him in, uh, who was it, Mosliak from, from yeah. Cyprus? <laughs> like yeah. laughing it up, chatting it up today, and you know, shaking for, hands. Yep. Oh yep. yeah, and you know, of course, the rumors went crazy, but there's a lot of time before this. Well, you have to hope this will be out on Monday morning. Everything could change by the time this comes out, but hey, um, <laughs> you know, you know, there's going to be additions and upgrades. But yeah, let's let's take a quick break. We're going to get into all that, and uh, yeah, hang tight. We'll be right back. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Of course, trade deadline will be, I think it's Tuesday at 6 p.m. It's not 4 p.m. anymore. It's 6 p.m. Eastern. Slide the, slide the deadline into prime time, I guess. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, they, they certainly did okay with the draft. The draft is coming around. It's starting to get more buzz besides just the, uh, the hardcore baseball fans. Yeah, I, I think that the only criticism that I've seen of that is like the struggle of uh, getting guys placed on the minor league teams after they get drafted. So you worry about stunting their development at all in that first half of the year where they would normally go to like a half season A or, or play complex ball. Yeah. Right. And keep on trimming the league. Oh, we, we could go off on many tangents, but we have, we have to stay focused today. We have so much. Um, <laughs> You were saying before the break that the Mets heading into Washington and certainly, you know, whether whether or not Juan Soto is is an option for the Mets. I know who was it Bowden over at the Athletics said it was down to San Diego, St. Louis and the Dodgers. But, you know, grain of salt season, folks. Uh, We'll see how that pans out. It very well could be one of those three teams. But, you know, I don't think everyone's going to be showing their cards with with so much time left on the clock. And um I think Josh Bell, I mean, if, if Soto's off the board for the Mets, I think Josh Bell would be a really nice addition just to add to the bench. I mean, Vogelbach kind of, you know, as far as DH, Vogelbach is certainly holding that down now. Adding Bell to that mix would certainly not, uh, uh, you know, it would certainly help. I think that would be a reinforcement to another level. But considering the demand that Bell has, the Mets do have Vogelbach, and he's, I think, six for 16, something along those lines. I don't and know and he works walks, too. He's got a great eye. Oh, a fun player, man. If he's, you know, everyone's going to hit slumps. And, of course, you know, he's coming to a new team, a competitive team, and he's probably a little fired up. Um, you know, Davis came through with a very, very nice, very long home run on Saturday. If he can produce, that's great. Um 
you know, adding more depth is never a bad thing. I'm just not convinced the Mets are ready to pay a premium for uh, for Josh Bell, even though he would, you know, be a great addition. Um, I'm I'm very curious. I know you mentioned this too. What the Mets are willing to give up in this, you know, they're going to have options. I mean, I have a little list here of guys I'd like, but you know, whether it's Wilson Contreras, David Robinson, or, you know, Ian Happ in Chicago, or, you know, J.D. Martinez, Christian Vasquez. I, I like Jake Dykeman. Uh, Dykeman or Deakman? I think it's Dykeman in Boston. Um, Tyler Maley, uh, Brandon Drury, Joey Votto still on my mind in Cincinnati. Uh, Merrill Kelly, and shoot, I would ask about Ketel Marte in Arizona. Uh, Trey Mancini. Jorge Lopez in Baltimore. There's going to be so many options. This is just obvious ones looking up and down the list. I mean, uh, up and down the standings. But, you know, unless it's a, a Soto or, you know, oh, my goodness, if Otani's on the board and you cannot ignore the connection between Otani and Epler. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Epler was very instrumental in bringing him to Los Angeles. Um, I, I'm, I'm not convinced the Mets are even entertaining parting with – Alvarez in anything. I mean, uh, he can be pride, of course, for the right in the right deal. Any, anybody can. You're talking about Soto or Otani. Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, you can put them in your pocket all you want, but if they say take them out, you're gonna take them out. But even like your babies and your Mauricios, who are really turning things on, having nice seasons. I know uh, Mauricio's batting average isn't what it is, but are the Mets at a point where they are? looking towards the future or are they looking towards this roster that's built to win now and making that push regardless of mortgaging the future? Yeah. I, I, I think that we're in win now mode, obviously based on Cohen's comments, the three to five year window that he gave, and then just something as simple as the age of the team. This team is older. It's full of veterans and, and, our pitching staff is not built to be good in five years or three years, even it's built to be good now. So I think when you have a chance and when you have a team as good as this one, uh, a manager like Buck and, and this group, which has the camaraderie together that we've seen all year, I think you have to go for it. And obviously I think that it would be painful to part with any of those top guys but somebody sent me a really good article um, this past week about l- looking back at the Miguel Cabrera trade. And uh, the when Miguel Cabrera was traded from Florida to Detroit, it was a is huge package. Was this Brian Mangan over at Good Fundies? Uh, who sent it to me? No, it was a friend of mine. But oh, I'm um, saying who wrote the article because he he wrote a really really good article on what it might cost to get Soto, and it brought up. Oh, I read that also, and that was really good. No, this was an MLB.com article, but um, but so that package was uh, was Miggy and Dontrell Willis, and I was a big fan of D Train growing up. But uh, I was a D Train, yeah. And, uh, Yo, and then, do you remember that Grand Slam he hit at Chase Stadium? No. Oh, I my forgot. God. Oh, crushed this thing. Absolutely crushed it. Pimped it. Everything. It, it was, <laughs> you know, this was probably it was still Shay. So it was, you know, it was the end of Shay. So, you know, yeah. packed house. I, you know, I can remember vividly people standing up and clapping. That's how impressive this home run was. Went into <laughs> like the, uh, the end of the world seats in right field. Just awesome. 
That's that's great. Um, yeah, so it, it was uh, Cameron Maben, who was a, a top five, top ten prospect at that time. Andrew Miller, who was a top ten prospect at that time, uh, and then uh, some additional guys who I don't remember. But the the package was deemed to be large. So like in the uh, in in the now you would think about like oh, okay, Baby Mauricio. Uh, Vientos, um, that like those are those are good names. They 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 seem to have the possibility of being good players. But when you have a chance to win a World Series, something the Mets have not done in almost forty years now, I think you have to do it. And and even if that means that further on down the line, like Alex Ramirez becomes an All Star, which you know he's showing the the possibility that he will, or that that. Uh, Beatty or Mauricio become like these studs on the left side that we think that they will. Uh, if you have a chance to win a pennant, if you have a chance to win a World Series, I think you have to go for it based on the way that this team is built. And then also understanding how good the Mets scouting department has been. Uh, the Mets are one of the best at scouting, amateur scouting and, and player development. So understanding that, understanding Steve Cohen's ability to spend money to shore up uh, uh, areas in roster construction. I think you you trade some of these prospects because for a lot of these guys, the value is going to be that they can bring you back bona fide major leaguers that are going to give you a chance to win the World Series and win in October. Yeah. I mean, you can look back in, in, in baseball history and be like, oh, well, that was a that was a, a short sighted trade. Um and, and, you know, and nobody questions it. But you could also, like, like look at the Cubs. Look at the Cubs, who probably set their organization back a few years when they traded away um, most of their top prospects. But they won a World Series. Like, where does yeah. that trade-off begin or end? Like, it's been a rough few years for the Cubs as of late. Um, there's some talent there. Nico Horner's turned into a terrific young player. Um, no. They're probably going to be moving some stuff around. They got a nice farm system building up, bubbling up. Um, Miguel Amaya, I believe he's still behind the plate. Uh, I, I can't wait to see him come up. I think he's going to be a good player. But anyway, um, you but, know. Yeah, and, and Tim, I think their situation is a little bit different also because Ricketts could afford to spend more money in the free agent market and just doesn't. Right. So like that's also a thing. I don't think that we're going to be in a situation, you know, knock on wood, where Steve is not going to spend. Yeah. Better look for how long that the Wilpons didn't spend, or at least get, yeah. gave the illusion that they were trying, but always landed around the same yeah, yeah. around the same number, or at least around the same percentage below or, or in that in the mix. The, the, the Wilpon Mets were like the ultimate, uh, you know, how like a after a trade is made, like uh, or, or a signing is made. The the writers will tweet out afterwards, like, also, so-and-so team was in the mix. It was always like the Mets. The Mets were also in the mix for this oh, guy that they didn't get. Can you imagine how many car payments were made just on, like, feeding those tweets to certain reporters? <laughs> can you imagine how many, like, you know, oh, yeah, mortgage payment, car payment, took my kids on vacation because I got a big one out of the trade deadline. Like, <laughs> You can only imagine because, you know, you, you have to kind of appease such a rabid fan base and and oh, yo, you know, we made a real effort, but we we stood firm. <laughs> and then you have the certain sector fans that will defend it and be like, oh, he's not worth it. He's not worth it. 
And, um, you know, when you could have spent the extra, what is it, quarter million a year to get A-Rod a, a freaking private jet to fly around, you know, maybe the Mets win the 2000 World Series. Maybe they go on a, you know, they, they're able to bridge the gap between that team and the 2006, well, mid-2000s team that was oh so close. Hell, yeah. they, they went above and beyond to reinforce that team, which was like the only time that the Will Punt said, let's go for it. And um, Johan Santana and David Wright, you know, by the time they got their money, they were just, you know, I think the Wilpons were saying, oh, well, we haven't won yet. This is it. And for a while, that was it. And that was, you know, <laughs> then in general, that was it. And look at the Ricketts. I mean, they've the fan base has turned against them. I'm friends with Cubs, yeah. Cubs fans. Um, it's tough. So, you know, if you're the Mets, unless you have, I don't want to say unless you have, but if you have the opportunity to add, you know, I wouldn't even say that like, a, a, you know, a Trey Mancini, a very good player, could be very helpful. Uh, Wilson Contreras, same same thing, could be very helpful. I mean, that whole Cubs package would be, would be you know, pretty good. Even the, the Red Sox package that's been being discussed, the guys who were available, the, the Martinez, the Vasquez, uh, maybe a bullpen piece. We'll see what they're selling. You know, up until that 28-run loss to Toronto or giving up 28 runs. <laughs> yeah. The Red Sox had a little bit of steam behind them. They lost some, lost some games, but they looked like they had turned things around. And someone asked me on Twitter, like, do you think they're going to move J.D.? And it was like the day of that 28-run blowout. And I'm like, you know, I think they're going to make a run. And they just, oh, my God, they, they haven't – I don't think they've won a game since. Maybe they won today. Maybe they won a couple of games, but they, they just don't look the same. Now rumors are swirling. You know, it's all about leverage. And I think that the Mets have every intention of keeping at least a large portion of their high-end guys. But, again, in the right deal, no one's untouchable. No, not at all. But you have to have every intention of holding on to an Alvarez, even if the Nationals say, all right, we want to give you guys a shot at Soto. I know it's a crazy idea because the Mets are in the same division, but we're going to give you a shot at Soto. Um. Unless the Nationals are insisting Alan Alvarez, you know, if I'm Epler, I'm not going to, oh, here, take Alvarez. <laughs> take it easy, bro. Like, you know, you kind of got to play the game. Of course, if, if, you know, they ask for Alvarez or if the Angels ask for Alvarez, you do what you got to do. I'm curious to see how the Mike Trout thing plays out. He's downplaying the, the back thing. He said he's not in any pain. He's trying to manage it. I'm right. curious to see how long he lasts in Anaheim. He didn't look happy there. Curious to see if maybe his value is dropped and someone, you know, makes an offer and the Angels say, you know what, let's do it. And Mike Trout miraculously finishes out the season hitting like 380. <laughs> what do you what do you think, um, or do you even think that Devers is available? Like you, he has one more year of ARB and then he would be a free agent. So he's four plus right now. He'd um, he'd be a free agent 2024 at the age of 26. Do you think the Red Sox they didn't extend him this off season? Do you think that they would move him for uh, for a large package package of Mets prospects? He's another guy that um, you know you definitely have to consider dipping into that top four top five pool and yeah. say, yep, well, I mean, not whatever you need, but let's talk, and yes, we'll dip into our top guys. Because Devers is, a, you know, almost under the radar, but 
one of the best hitters in baseball. Right. Very young. Um, He's improved his defense. He's very young. He plays a position of need for the Mets. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think the Red Sox were, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the negotiations, but um, I have, you know, you have to assume that if they wanted to sign Devers, they probably could have by now. And maybe they are just kind of playing things out and seeing where they stand because, you know, the Red Sox, I don't have their payroll ahead of me, but they, they certainly put some effort into this season and they're, if they're falling flat, um, I think, you know, high and bloom, is not he's not he's not scared to blow it all up and restart i think the fan base would lose their minds but um if they're gonna blow it up i mean devers kind of has to be on the board right i was surprised they told bogart he's coming back yeah i was surprised at that name i know the that like got out you know you figure that's bringing um tremendous value back well, not tremendous but solid value back and, you know, if there is such a, a strong connection between the organization and Xander or the fans and Xander, um, you can always kind of revisit in the offseason when he's a free agent. But, um, yeah, I, a lot of what we hear and what, what everyone's saying and what, what's being reported, whether it's credible sources or just talked about on Twitter, you know, it's all posturing and leverage up until that, you know, that, that trade call is made. It's, it's, you know, you can believe what you want to believe, but you always see kind of, Oh, the smoke clears on this one and, and things start moving. I'm, um, I'm just very curious to see which way the Mets go. Cause they're close. There's no denying that they just need a few pieces, make the right moves. And, and this is a juggernaut. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe one or two more arms, and then probably in order of need, I'd rank them uh, catcher, third base, and now DH is more or less like solid. But yeah, I think uh, having a like a catcher that can really hit as much as I've appreciated Nito's defense, and even again yesterday picking off LeBlanc after his uh, first major league hit, uh, this guy yeah he does a great job behind the plate, uh, especially throwing the ball. So um, it would be nice to have someone like Contreras for sure. I like Contreras and you love his bat and, you know, his defense is at least by all accounts leaves a bit to be desired. Um, I'm more, I'm, I'm really less concerned about that considering who's throwing to him here. And, yeah. you know, Max, if Max doesn't like what you're calling, he's going to shake you off. If Jake doesn't like what you call, he's going to shake you off. And there's going to be, and personally, I wouldn't be surprised if Nito gets the nod more than McCann would, if they're going to go three pronged. I know McCann's defense is a lot better than it was last year. His game calling has been, has been, you know, lauded by the pitching staff, but, um, you know, Nito is a terrific defensive backstop. Um, I think certain guys do appreciate having Nito back there when he is back there. And yeah, yeah, the Mets are going to have tough to see you. Do you see McCann being included in any deals? I mean, a team taking on its $10 million a year contract. I think it's two more years after this one. That's um, that might take a little maneuvering, (laughs) but 
you know, to make, maybe to make money work, maybe just to bring on a catcher and say, all right, Nito, and let's say Contreras is our guy. You see McCann getting moved? Uh, in an ideal world, maybe. <laughs> I, Eat a couple like, of books. And, and, and veteran, veteran presence is a premium right now, and the Mets could probably use more of that. Well, that's arguable. They have a lot, but um, it's, you know, you don't want to mess up chemistry. And we're not in that room. I'm curious as to whether James McCann, without really being there most of the year due to injury. Yeah. He has, he has early, he has been there. He hasn't really played very well. No. Um, I'm curious whether that leadership stronghold that kind of he does have, or, or, you know, again, reportedly has is, is enough to keep him here. And I'm kind of just thinking out loud, but I'm curious. Yeah, I, me too. Um, McCann, I'm looking at it now. He's got two years, 24 mil left after this year. Um, right, it was four. What was it four forty eight? Was his deal? No, it, it's uh, it it's twenty four, and no, it was four for forty. It's just backloaded. Oh, so the first two years were eight, and the second two years are twelve. Oh, I probably knew that, but it just stings a little bit more here than now. Yeah. Who the hell backloaded McCann's contract? <laughs> it's just been it really tough because, you know, Nino has done a nice job behind the plate, as we've talked about, but um, McCann's offense is really not superior to Nino's. Uh, no. Or, or it hasn't been far, yeah. <laughs> the last year plus. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't see why Nito wouldn't be the guy. But again, like, uh, as much as I like Nito, it'd be nice to have an upgrade. From there, and then, um, like McCann, uh, uh, like longer term, we're talking the next couple of years. I think he was always kind of intended to be a bridge to Alvarez. So <laughs> Alvarez, yeah. Alvarez is—he's not looking like he needs much of a bridge at this point. But his defense, yeah. will, his defense certainly will. Yeah, and, and uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, it, it would be nice if they could include him in a deal where they're getting. Wilson Contreras back because I think Wilson Contreras is really good again like it lengthens the lineup that's something that I also thought that uh, the the Vogelback addition uh, does as well is just it adds more uh, professional hitters to the lineup you're gonna have to get them out and uh, and Vogelback he's obviously a big guy you run into some and then on on top of that he's got the good eye and also they were saying on the the broadcast on SNY the other day, uh, Vogelback grew up uh, playing at those travel circuits in Florida against uh, Pete Alonso. Uh, he played against Lindor uh, when they were young. Lindor and Nito. Sorry? I think he was teammates with Lindor and Nito in those leagues. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that. I thought that that was really cool that these guys have known each other for a long time. Yeah. And uh, and I, someone else said that everywhere that Vogelback has been, he's been the most popular guy in the clubhouse. So uh, it, it's fun to add more personality. And I think that the Mets have been cognizant of that, too. So um, I, I, I feel like they have a pretty good feel for it. And, and um, for the first time in my life, I trust the, the Mets front office from the owner to uh, to like the player personnel department to to make the right choice. And that's really nice. It's a really good feeling. It's a luxury. 
after what we've been through as Mets fans for however <laughs> long you've been rooting for this team, whether you're an original fan, whether you're an 80s, 90s, 2000s fan, you've been waiting for a moment like this. We've all been waiting for a moment like this. I mean, you know, look at 2015, a team that really had no business, you know, they had business competing. They did not have any business reaching the World Series. No. A front office went out and made the right moves. Yeah. And it was able to catapult the team to the World Series. And granted, Cespedes was a historical second half. But, you know, Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe. Yes. Yeah. And, and go without adding the right pieces. And we look at Vogelbach. He's, but, you know, so far looking like the right piece at the right and especially at the right time. Look how they've played since he's come on board. Yeah. And and. Obviously, like that year was pretty magical. The the Wilmer stuff, and then uh, and, and <laughs> Daniel Murphy the don't make right. Yeah, exactly. And, and then and then Daniel Murphy turning into Babe Ruth was. I mean, no one could have seen that coming. But um, yeah, I I think that this team is built for something special as well. And uh, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the next couple of days. We'll know before our next episode. Isn't that exciting? We will. We're going to be back on Friday. It's going to be yeah. wild. You know what? Um, ah, we let's let's not commit to anything. Yet. We'll have to see how our weeks work out. But maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have to drop a little emergency pod if the Mets pull off something big. We'll have to see. Yes. No problem. Yeah. I also have to check. I also have to check with Andrew, so we should probably do that first. <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I think we hit all of our bases. Do you yeah. call up Alvarez if the Mets don't? That's what I wanted to ask before we finish up. If the Mets do not acquire a catcher, you call up Alvarez. I've been ready. I, I yeah. wanted them to conforto him and just bring him up from Double A. That's but, a good example. Uh, that's a very good example. Yeah, but. Uh, no, I, I think that they're clearly committed to a process here, that they want him to get the experience uh, catching games. Uh, you posted that video today of him going deep again, and he had, he had the walk-off the other night. He's clearly uh, uh, like uh, acquiescing himself to the AAA level now, and, and that's great, right? Like AA is kind of where the pitchers start to separate themselves, but AAA is a bunch of guys that have been up and down. So yeah. he's playing against major leaguers right now, not the best major leaguers, but, but four a guys for sure. And so he's getting this experience and, and he's getting to be around these people and he's still so young. So if that's the thing, if they're committed to this process, they don't want to bring him up. They don't want to mess with his ability to call games or, or anything like that. That's fine. Like I, I can recognize how that would be a thing because, um, you also don't want to necessarily bring him up and then lock your lineup in where he can only DH. And then, so if he's ever going to get a swing, he has to DH and that would limit what Buck's options are too. Cause you don't want to hurt the development of the kids. So uh, I, whatever they do at this point, I, I understand and I trust it. Um, they've, they've shown a really good eye for bringing in, professional hitters. I think that they've hit on every single one of the moves that they've made this off season. And, uh, and they're just a couple more away, I think from having a really good chance to win the world series. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a team. I said it on Twitter early Sunday morning. Um, it's probably the most complete team I've seen and they're only going to get better over the next few days. So 
Yeah. Let's go. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's, we'll, we'll just cut it off right there. It's let's fucking go Mets. Cause you let's guys go. Let's go. We'll be back. Uh, <laughs> maybe midweek, maybe Friday. We'll see. But uh, until then we'll see you guys. And uh, yeah. Peace.